and crime peeps what up what's up creepies how's it going i'm full yes lo made us a delicious lasagna for dinner and it filled me to the brink but it was so freaking good i let that sauce simmer all day you could tell too pie. man honestly it was so good it was so cheesy it was so delicious so I'm glad you liked it because I usually use cottage cheese. The husband requested ricotta cheese, so... You did a little switch up, but it worked out because it tasted really good. It really did. So, nailed it. <laughs> um, Tonight, after we record this, I'm super excited. We're going to watch Hocus Pocus number two. No judging that we're behind. It's very difficult to get people all in line to do stuff sometimes. <laughs> and we made a friend pact. Yes. Um, sadly, one of the three of us is not going to make it tonight, but we are going to move ahead. We were told we better move ahead, so that's what we're doing. We're finally going to watch it after Halloween. But hey, I could watch that probably literally in June, and I'd be cool with it. <laughs> So excited to see how that is. We'll probably update you guys with our thoughts on it for next week's episode. Which, if you went on Dax's, what up, Instagram, he was Binks. Oh, you told me that. I didn't see it, which is, I follow him, but I've kind of been a little MIA looking at Instagram lately, but I'm going to look that up because and I that's his hilarious. Daughter the Hocus Pocus. That's so cute. Oh my is... gosh. That's perfect. Um, yes, shout out Dax. Um, yeah, Halloween, um, shout out to our Charlotte, North Carolina listeners. I was there. You might have seen me running around as Kim Possible in the streets. <laughs> Wrong fan base. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Kim Possible is iconic, okay? <laughs> um, but yeah, it was super fun. Uh, we went to this, my, I was visiting my friend who lives out there and, in the morning, she has this bulldog. So in the morning, we went to this, like, bulldog Halloween event. And, like, all the bulldogs were dressed up in costumes. And there was a red carpet. And they would, like, walk down the red carpet and everybody would cheer. And, like, wow. there was, like, a costume contest. It was, like, the cutest thing I've ever been to in my life. Um, and then we did a Halloween bar crawl uh, the rest of the day. And, yes, I did Kim Possible. So that was fun. But it was good. It was a good time. Uh I like Charlotte. I'm a fan of Charlotte, North Carolina, so. Mine was... Thumbs down! Um, so the husband went out of town. The kids did their own thing. Well, Charlotte spent some of it with me. Um, we did watch traditionally the original, very first Halloween movie. That's a tradition of mine. So we got that in. Um, we got some pumpkins carved the night before, which is fun. Um, I did try the cookie cutter and the mallet thing. Oh, how'd that work? And it was pretty cool. I did stars all around mine Ooh. and then drilled holes. So I did like a whole like... Oh, cool. The Van Gogh star yes. thing. Um, but so that was fun, but it was just kind of quiet. Um, so I didn't really even put my costume on. Charlotte had a birthday, Halloween, so I just bought... A little um, crossbone, like, suspenders, and it had a bone hair clip, and a little, so that, with black jeans and a shirt, so I kind of put on for that, like. Oh, cool, nice. But other than that, it was not my, not my best Halloween, and we, we know how I usually like to do Halloweens, but next year, next year we'll be in a better place, um, rooms will be done, we'll be able to host, hopefully, a better party. I did not have an adult party this year. So, your adult Halloween wow. parties are fun, I will say. Yeah. They're a good time. Um, I did watch uh, Luckiest Girl Alive with Mila Kunis. I have not even heard of this, it's I don't Netflix. think. Okay. Um, so, she survives a uh, school shooting. Um, and they flip back and forth from, like, her past to future. Mm -hmm. And um, someone mm -hmm. kind of doesn't let her play her victim 
that she should be. They put her more as, um, was she a part of it? Like, kind of, like, questioned it. Okay. Um, and so she's kind of, like, struggling if she needs to declare her name. And there's some other trauma that went on with her. I won't say what it is in case you guys want to watch it. Um, but it was good. It was, um, not over-the-top dark, but it was still very, you know, dramatic and very, like, Scary because it's real these days. School shootings are just... Too real. It's almost a norm sometimes. Like, you're not shocked when they happen anymore. Mm-hmm. And that's super scary to me. Yeah. I feel like school should be the safest place for your kids to be when they're not at home. Exactly. But now you have to just question everything, so... Was it a movie or a series? It's a Netflix movie. Okay. So All check right. it out. I love Mila Kunis, so I'm always going to give it a shot if she's in it. Oh, yeah, for sure. I'll definitely, I haven't even heard of that, so I'll definitely have to give that a watch. And then um, before we get into our true crime story, we are going to do our segment of original verse remake. Bum, 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 bum. Bum, bum, okay. bum. Still working on the music. Right <laughs> yeah. <now. But> <laughs> We're improvising for now. <laughs> So we watched the original Firestarter with our girl Drew Barrymore. We both did it. We both, we just, you guys can't Familia. see. But yeah, we, we beat our chest. Um, <laughs> we love Drew. She's, she's one of our queens. The best. Um, so we watched, I watched the original one when I was little. Um, I had Crystal watch it. And it actually worked out good because she watched the remake first. And then I saw the original first and then the remake. So we did it in opposite ways. So maybe that might be a good thing. Yeah, it's kind of funny because I didn't know. Because when I had seen the remake that came out in theaters, I can't remember if it was last year, I think. Um, But whatever. I didn't know that it was a remake. I thought that it was just like a new movie. (laughs) There's a TV series, too, called Firestarter Rekindled, I believe, and it's supposed to be like 20 years later, 30 years later. Oh, really? Um, I did not watch that, um, but I'm thinking about maybe checking it out. Yeah. So it's kind of like her life as an adult now. Okay. Oh, that'd be cool. So I might have to give that a check out. Yeah. But, um, so for me, I vote that I like the original better. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, one, it's going to be very hard to place, replace Drew. I mean, she still had the cute little pigtails from E.T., yes. okay? Um, I felt the original one, she was more, I have this power. I felt like it was more of a, a real struggle for her. Like, it was more, um, she didn't want to hurt people. I felt the bond between her and her dad was... A lot more daddy-daughter attached at the hip, like, um... Yeah, they don't Emotional, more... stronger bond. Connection, more bond, mm-hmm. yes. Um, not to mention we said the dad in that one, you know, not kind of bad-looking guy, right? In both. Oh, my God, Zac Efron, too. I'm like, dang, they really uh, casted some hot dudes for this, for this uh, father. <laughs> See, I... You're gonna give me the what-what, but... No Zac Efron for you? Not a whole lot. He's I been don't... he's been going down uh, in my on my radar list or whatever the past few years. I feel like he's gotten work done to his face or something because okay. he looks very different than when he was my teenage dreamboat. Well, he went through some rehab stuff, so maybe that could. Be... I did. I okay. I heard. I know we're kind of jumping off the subject really quick, but I heard he broke his jaws. What people are saying, but like. That, then even now, it looks like he gets, like, filler in his face. Okay, like Maybe. It just is, like, I feel like he's getting more than it's, than it's just he got from... rid of the bleach blonde hair, so I'm kind of happy about that. Yeah, yeah, I wasn't a big fan of that. <laughs> but it was a good... The remake was a good movie overall. Like, if I never knew there was the original, I would have been like, okay. Yeah. yeah. You know, I just felt the girl was a little bit more... I don't want to say bratty, but, like... You know, when she killed her mom in the remake, sorry, spoiler alerts, but if you saw the original, you know it was going to happen. Yeah. You know, even in the car when she's like, it was meant for you, and then got out of the car, and I'm just like, oh, that's heavy, you know? Yeah. And I just feel like there's a lot more fighting with the family of push it down, hold it, don't talk about it. I don't know. I just felt like there was... 
Mm-hmm. I agree. Like, I feel like the girl in the remake was, like, intense compared to, which I'm sorry, I can't, I don't know that actress's name, the little girl who played her in the remake, but compared to, like, Drew Barrymore, they just played it differently, which is fine, but it was just different vibes. I feel like... Drew, different decades. Different decades, too. <laughs> like, I feel like Drew Barrymore was more, like, I don't know, like, she would get intense in scenes, like, obviously, the one of the last scenes, like, in the barn or whatever, when she's, like, burning everything well, to the ground. she's just fucking pissed. She's pissed. But, like... She's lost her dad now. Right. Like. So it makes sense then, but, like, I feel like the other girl was just super intense pretty much from the start, like... I don't know, like like you said, more like anger and like like when she killed the cat because it scratched yes, her, yeah, stuff like that. Like she just didn't have the control that Drew they had Drew had. Yes, had 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 had. Yes, yeah. <laughs> that makes sense. Um, I didn't really get the end. Like the one guy that was chasing him through the end picked her up and carried her away. Yeah, because that was different. Like so, I don't really know, like where. Like, are they trying to make, like, a sequel to it or something? Or, or like, I mean, no, no, because, like, in the original, she killed the guy that killed her mom. Mm-hmm. And this guy killed her mom, and now he's, like, saving her, like... Right. But it's, like, is he actually going to be, like, good? Or is it, like... Oh. It just yeah. kind of ended, and I was like, oh, okay. Right. Like, and in the original, she went home to the old couple that... And then they went to, like, New York City to, like... Well, they were going to, like, share the story or whatever were their plans, and it's like... But in this one, the old couple, I believe... Didn't she blow up the house? Or no? In the new one? Yeah. Maybe not. She might have. I can't remember. I can't but remember But I don't either. think she saw that ever again after she No, maybe she didn't. No, she didn't. She took off running. Yeah. She took off But the, we but... never saw them again after that. Yeah, yeah. so... There's, a, you know, a lot of differences, but um, let us know what you think. You know, remake versus original. Are we missing something? Are we, mm-hmm. you know, let us know. So what's your vote? Remake or original? I'm two thumbs up, hardcore, lock it in, hit the red button, turn my seat around like the voice, whatever it is, and Drew Barrymore is original. Okay. Now hear me out. Oh, here we go. Good thing we're drinking. I know. I think that I lean more towards the remake just because I think I, like, saw it first. So the whole storyline was, like, super cool and interesting to me, like, seeing it the first time and not knowing there was original. Love Drew. She's amazing and so talented. But I don't know. For some reason, I was, like, more... um, entertained by the remake I guess if that makes sense and I don't know the little girl I don't know if you you don't watch American Horror Story she was in a season of American Horror Story and she played a very similar character obviously you know she didn't have like the fire ability or whatever um but she played another very like dark little girl who like did bad things or whatever so I think that that kind of like was like cool for me to see her in this too like I don't know so for some reason I just like lean a little bit more towards the remake okay okay. (laughs) I'll respect it I'll respect it (laughs) but both were very good so moving on to the topic of the night yes we are going to dig in now this is not a very traumatizing um dark story but it is a terrible story yeah it's sad and i feel like it's super i I feel like it's super interesting too like just considering you know the subject the person uh that it surrounds you know so i don't know about you but i grew up in the 90s I was born in the 90s. <laughs> and we all grew up on what is known as Bone Thugs and Harmony. It's 
So songs like Douglas Ruggish Bone, Crossroads, First of the Month. Um, they did their compilations with Pac. They did theirs with Biggie, um, Akon. So I was like blowing it up in the 90s in my car. Okay. <laughs> um, I will say when I told Crystal what I was doing, who they were, and she's just kind of like, say who? Say, say what? Say what? Say what? Say but, who? Slow down before you guys are like... Don't come at me, bro. Don't come at me. She was born in 95, so uh, Crossroads came out in 99, so let's cut her a little bit of a break. I mean, <laughs> I wasn't that cool of a four-year-old. I hate to break it to you guys, but I was not that cool yeah, at She four. was just spinning in circles to Hannah Montana at the time. Okay? Right. So, um, but the story you might not know is how Busy Bone got there. And it is... Definitely way more interesting than I would have thought. Um, Busy Bone was born Brian Anthony McCain II. He was born September 12th, 1976. He was born in Columbus, Ohio, which is two hours away from his future bandmates and friends in Cleveland, Lazy and Crazy. <laughs> Lazy and Crazy, love that. Um, in 1980, Brian McCain was abducted by his stepfather, his mother's ex-husband, uh, along with his two sisters, Hope and Heather, who were actually biologically his stepdads. So I guess they were like half-sisters. Um, it does later in the interview go to show that he found out that his ex-stepdad, mother's ex-husband, was actually his real dad. But neither of them knew about it. Oh, until like later. The, the dad didn't even know yeah. that he was his real. Oh, okay. And then neither one of them knew about it until later, um, just because his mom was trying to protect him from. From him, probably. Yeah, which obviously didn't work. Shit still went downhill. Yeah. So he was told that his mother Roseanne Jefferson and his grandmother were both dead. Uh, during the time that he was abducted, he lived in many homes. He lived in apartments, he lived in cars, he lived in motels, and they were all in northern Oklahoma. The family had been living on a Kaw Indian reservation in Kaw, Oklahoma. Byron McCain was actually, okay, before I continue, I want to use busy as when I'm talking about busy. Yeah. And I want to use Byron when I'm talking about his stepdad because they're both the same name and it's just going to get... Oh, too confusing. Confusing. Yeah. So I'm going to say Busy and Brian so okay. I know the difference. Cool. So Brian McCain was actually a former Pittsburgh Steeler fullback and on the all-time NFL Huskers list for the Ohio Valley Ironman. Now, quote, he was more or less working the system. He used to play with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Then he went to play for the Columbus Bucks. He went to college in Nebraska. He was a very intelligent man that's how we went from state to state so long without getting caught and, quote, busy. Makes sense. I feel like it's hard to hard to catch someone when they're constantly moving around. Yeah, and for nearly two years, Busy and his sisters were forced from shelter to shelter, apartment to apartment, um, like I said, car to car, from motels, um, all while local agencies and eventually the FBI's were searching for him. Wow, so they didn't even know that they were technically kidnapped. They thought that because their mother and grandmother were dead, which is what he told them, that they, this was just their life. They were just and, poor and yeah. on the go. Wow. So during this time, sadly, he was often beaten, tortured, sexually harassed. I mean, this isn't like an ideal of any childhood by any means. Yeah. They would beg for food on the streets to strangers. Um, in an interview on The Breakfast Club, Busy talks about walking into the rest era asking women for bites of their food because he was that hungry. And he was five years old. Oh, that's so sad. Prior to being rescued, Busy was molested by a son of a friend of Brian. Too young to understand the atrocity of this, um, he kept it to himself for years. 
A reservation neighbor and a babysitter for Busy alerted the FBI after she viewed Adam at seven years old. Busy was discovered and reunited with his mother. So before he was rescued, his sisters got dropped off at a different place and Brian and Busy went to a friend's house. No one had ever seen or met before. Um, he was told to go upstairs and take a bath and he did as he was told. Um, and again, he's only five or six years old at this time. A 12-year-old boy joined him and started saying some really wrong, like just dirty things, things that you should not say to a five or six-year-old. Just, you know, talking about his boyhood and, you know, asking, you know, to touch it. And just he knew something wasn't right, but still five or six, you know, too little to probably speak up to. Right. He already been through so much in his life of negativity and homeless. And, you know, so who knows? Maybe he's thinking, we finally got a house. I can't screw this up is dad gonna get mad you know so many things this little boy probably was going through yeah and five or six that has to be so confusing like because he probably doesn't even know or really understand what's happening like it probably feels like something wrong is happening but he's not even sure because like obviously he's freaking five years old like so yeah he never spoke up about it till years later in an interview um, before I continue, I do want to quickly brief. Um, I talked about how he was viewed at the end of the show Adam. So in case you don't know what that it was, that was a uh, made-for-TV movie. And it was about Adam Walsh, who was John Walsh's son, the guy who created America's Most Wanted. Mm. Um, his son was six years old when he was kidnapped in Hollywood, Florida, on July 27th in 1981, 14 days later, his severed head was the only body part to ever be discovered. Following the crime, John Walsh and his family founded the Adam Walsh Child Resource Center, and that's a nonprofit organization dedicated to legislative reform and eventually merged with the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children, NCMEC. And that's where Walsh still serves on the board of directors till today. The Walsh family organized a political campaign to help missing and exploited children, which eventually led to the creation of the Missing Children Act of 1982 and the Missing Children's Assistance Act of 1984, um, which was such a terrible story too for John and Adam. I heard that on another podcast, and, you know, maybe one day we'll do it on here. Um, I know you know some of it, but I don't think you ever actually heard it, you said. Um, I didn't hear the podcast, but I, I did hear the story. Like, okay. I remember, like, that story because of America's Most Wanted, like, how it became a thing or whatever, okay. how he created it. And it's I was... Very hard and Horrible. Yeah. Yes. So the four-time Emmy-nominated made-for-TV movie, Adam, and that was seen by over 38 million people in October of 83. It was rebroadcasted in April of 84 and again in 85. At the end of each broadcast, the series of missing children photographs were displayed for viewers and a phone number was provided and any information about them. One of these photographs happened to be a young busy. One night, he was at the babysitter's watching, and you wouldn't believe whose pictures came across her TV. Wow, can't even imagine. Wow. What must have gone through her head? So, um, and Busy would say, like, when he was in school, they called me and my sisters down, and they were interrogating us, asking us our last names. And he said, I ain't never been no snitch. Like, <laughs> never as a baby. So I kept telling them my fake name. Jones, 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 it's Jones. And eventually my sister broke and was like, you can just tell him. Yeah. Um, so despite the reunion with his mother, uh, his childhood struggles are yet to be over. So after the reunion, Busy came to the new stepson of his stepmother's new husband and another abusive stepfather 
with no regard for the scars that he would create on the mind and the body of Busy. He quotes, the bruises were getting bigger and bigger and deeper and deeper and lasting longer and longer. That's so heartbreaking that, you know, he got out of this terrible situation with, you know, his, I guess his biological father who kidnapped him and was like abusing him and he was getting abused in many different ways to like be reunited with his mother, probably thinking life was going to be so much better. And then to just be beaten down again it's just horrible yeah um so his mother finally got to the point to where she couldn't stand it any longer so she left the new husband and the life behind she told busy look i gotta get us a place i gotta get my life straight until then you need to go to this foster home i love you son but I, you know, and I'll be back for you, I promise. I mean, and I will say, like, if that's what you have to do for your son, then that's an, an amazing amount of love because um, I would be too selfish to mm-hmm. do that for my daughter. Right. Um, but so I will say props to her if, if that's what she had to do to get her life straight. Right. Um, Busy was placed in the foster home of Balua Smith. Uh, Smith tells an interview that Biz was super smart, very wise, but it was just strange because he had never seen a telephone at seven. Like, he didn't know what it was, how to use it. Like, wow. um, he didn't know what the inside of a refrigerator looked like. What? Yeah, like, he was used to begging for food, yeah. probably scraps or whatever they could mm-hmm. find. Then you know, the street, um, but she gave all the loves, and all the loves that he could want, and all the loves she could give, but, um, she also gave him his very first Christmas, so, like, that's that's awesome, yeah, like, I can't imagine, like, how heartwarming, and how super excited he must be like santa claus really came for me like oh my gosh that makes me want to cry opening up all the the gifts you know seeing a stocking with his name on it on the wall oh my gosh and the fact that at seven this is his first time experiencing it is just it's like heartbreaking but also like beautiful like at the same time yeah yeah despite all the love and attention though from smith at the age of 13 He chose the inner city area of Cleveland, Ohio, and he wanted to reunite with his sisters, and she could not change his mind. So he moved to Cleveland. Um, When he got there, he realized that it wasn't the home he thought. It wasn't the family life he thought he was getting. Um, It was a dope house, Mm. and he quickly began to sell drugs. He got himself involved in criminal activities and the street life and just ignoring his conscience you know I mean you've heard it in many 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 rap songs you know thug life baby oh yeah Mm -hmm. and that's kind of what happened um he claims that it was a very rough scene um but he just wanted a sense of family and he wanted to be by his sisters I guess regardless of what ended up being um, he said that he stayed in a very rough area. Um, there's Street 99 in St. Clair. He calls it, like, it was bad, bro. It was just bad. People were dying all the time. They were getting shot, killed, overdoses, you know. And he's like, man, he knew this is not for me. Like, this isn't what I want. And again, this is him because he was so smart and so intelligent. He, I think even while all this was happening, he knew, like, I'm better than this. I, mm-hmm. I can be better. I can do better. Um, he said that he was tired, man. He'd watch these druggies, like, sniffing shit off the floor. And, you know, a lot of, most times it was just straight up poison. And they were just dying, like, rat poison or whatever. And he's like, nah, man, this, that life isn't for me. So this is where his saviors, his angels, they came and they saved him. More angels. However, 
They're not quite the angels that you would expect. <laughs> Different kind of angels. <laughs> but during this period, this is where he met Lazy, Crazy, Wish, and Flush Bone. Now, I listened to the Breakfast Club interview on YouTube. Boys. Shady, shady boys. Bad, bad boys. Bad boys. <laughs> um, but it seems like they paid the piper. Um, they did their time. They did their, they paid, you know, said their piece. Um, so I'm sold now, dude. Like <laughs> She's all for him. <laughs> I, uh, I listened to Busy on The Breakfast Club and on YouTube. And if you haven't watched it, I'm like really going to recommend you do because, yo, Biz, I just want to hang out and like <laughs> listen to you talk because I know the, some of the stuff you talked about isn't like, it's not stuff you should brag about and it's not stuff where you're like, hell yeah, you know. Right. It's terrible things mm-hmm. that they did, but like I said, I feel like they, they did their time for their mm-hmm. crime. Um, I feel like he is, sorry, this chair is a wicker chair, um, and anytime I move, it's just making It's like creaking. So, I'm very sorry. I'm a fidgeter, you know that. Um, Same. So, um, I, he, he sounded, even in the interview, he's very intelligent, the way he talked, um, the way he told his stories, it just kind of made me smile and laugh. Like, he said things that was just, like, no big deal, and you're like... You're like, wait, wait that's kind of a big deal. <laughs> you know, um, but he talks about a lot of things. But I would highly recommend him going back and uh, watching the interview. It's on The Breakfast Club. and I think they're a podcast as well. I think so, too, yeah. Um, but you can watch them on YouTube. Um, so... A quote from Busy said that he was born in Columbus. He's a foster kid. I am one of them motherfuckers that got shipped around. That's just how my childhood was. Maybe one day I'll write a book about it. I became a father at 14 years old. I became a father even before I became a man. It seemed like everywhere I turned there was another obstacle. So I figured that as long as I can drive straight and not make any turns, then I don't have to worry about anything Beautiful kids run up to me by bunches and just scream my name. It makes me feel so good, but I feel in my heart that I'm not worth it. I feel so humbled when the kids run up to me and they say, we thought you were dead. They were so happy to see that I am alive. No. Becoming a dad at 14. Wow. Yeah. My kids are 14. My son's about to turn 15. And I couldn't come home tell me you're a dad, boy. I tell them all the time, you better not make me a street gr- or a high school grandma. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, uh-uh. Were you going to say a street grandma? I was. A street grandma. <laughs> Living on the hard streets of Oxford Oh, my here. God. I love that. <laughs> you know, the streets around here are kind of rough. Yeah. Rough Oxford streets, man. <laughs> um, no, you better not make me a, a high school grandma. So. <laughs> um, so, to this day, Busy has claimed... Um, Ten children from four mothers, although the official number has varied over time. On Hip Hop Baby, from First Bone Brothers album to February of 2005, Busy had rapped about it. Um, Now, on The Breakfast Club, it said that he had 16 kids and six grandbabies. Wow, he's a he's on the Duggar level. <laughs> he is, but I love listening to him talk about it because he you could see it in his eyes that he's just adored you know being being a dad being grandpa and the kids the kids are his life like oh that's cute you know he ain't ever gonna run out on his kid you know what i mean like, yeah you can see that they he, have good he loves family family is important and i love that too after 15 years old busy met lazy and crazy and wish and noticed that their mutual appreciation for making music despite the young life filled with strife and struggle busy would no longer be a victim to the ploys of another adult. He would not speak publicly about the abuse until May of 2002 and an appearance on America's Most Wanted that he had done. He finally started opening up a little bit about it. Um, he, his solo debut, Heaven's Movie, contained the song Nobody Can Stop Me. Uh, his Crossroads 2010 album track, Gangsta Music, contained lyrics directed at Ocean Township, 
New Jersey-born media personality, Wendy Williams. And this is some of the lyrics. And it said, everyone thinks I'm crazy. Everyone think I'm a drunk. I told the world I was molested and they called me a punk. Wendy Williams, you need to kill the noise. You made your name off gossip and laughed because I was touched by a boy. Wendy, he's saying, shut it. Wendy, how you doing? <laughs> now, I'm not going to go do some hard shots on Wendy right now because I know she's going through her own thing. Um, and she's, you know, some of her stuff up to date. This is in the past. This was 2000, 2010 that those shots were fired. Um, so, you know, I, I was always on the fence with Wendy Williams. Um, I'm not going to lie, I did watch a lot of it, but there were some things where I felt like she did go a little over, like... Oh, yeah. I'm, I'll just you know, flat out say it. She's kinda... toxic. She's mean. She's a bully. She's just... She gives no Fs, which I get. That gives her ratings, but she's mean. I... Yeah, I think her ego got a little too high. Mm-hmm. I think there are talk shows where you can say your biz. Um, <laughs> see what I did there? <laughs> biz about busy. <laughs> Um, you can say the business, but I just feel like sometimes she did take it to an annoyance level and she took it too far. Mm-hmm. Um, I still feel bad that, you know, she had that stroke on the show or whatever. Right. So I feel bad about that. And I hope she's healing and I hope she gets the um, the peace and the healing that she needs. Right. Um, you know, I know she went through a public divorce and her kids and all the drama with that. But uh, Wendy's Wendy, I... Like I said, there was some times where I did watch her. After a while, I'm like, this is just too much. Yeah, she's a professional shit talker, for sure. Um, Busy established Operation Lighthouse through only one media group in 2011. He frequently contributes to the Make-A-Wish Foundation, Project Cleanup in Ohio, and other nonprofit ventures. In June of 2003, Adrian Parlett, it was a, a formative foster brother, business partner, and best friend of Busy. He was shot three times and murdered in his Columbus, Ohio home. Busy had previously featured Parlette in both Heaven's movie and Alpha and Omega. Parlette was 23 years old when he was murdered. Unfortunately, his murder has never been solved. Wow. Um, so if you know anything about that, let Biz know. Yeah. Um, he says, I blame myself because I wasn't blackballed in the industry. I could have had him out there working. I could have had him out there singing his heart out, doing what he does best. But we are real people. And what we rap about and sing about, it's not fake. We are not doing this. This is a good chance that we may wind up dead. Uh, that just the truth. We're real. And we're street poets and terrible stories. No mothers, no fathers, foster homes, beat on, touched on, those types of stories. We lost him, and he is watching over us. Quote, busy. Hmm. Despite the individual hardships and accomplishments busy achieved, since emerging into the national spotlight, he would not officially rejoin Bone Thugs and Harmony until 2010. This is how I maintain, because everybody has a story. There's always somebody out there who has had it worse than you. Pick up your shit, kiss your children, and go make some fucking money. Busy. Legend. Legendary quote. Um, This interview hooked me from the first few minutes that I started watching him. His transparency, um, it just keeps getting real. He's authentic. Um, He tells a story like it's just raw and it's real. Um, I listened to these guys since the 90s. It's... It was nice to to hear the realness of it. Mm-hmm. It was nice to see he's human. Right. You know, um, again, it's not stuff that, you know, he's probably proud of, but he's owning it. So, you know. Right. Um, he's a... He's a goat of interviews, I'll tell you, man. Like he, he he is I do really like the way that he speaks, like, because I don't know, he just seemed like he seemed smart, but he would like crack jokes a little bit here and there, but also like he owned all of his shit and 
like he he didn't it didn't seem like he wasn't like ashamed of his past in any way like he just seems like at peace with it and he can like describe it really well and like I don't know just the way he speaks on it is like pretty pretty good yeah and he'll go on to talk about like how he he does social media and everything on his own now because you know he doesn't got to pay the middleman anymore Mm -hmm. um so he's figuring that out but um I started following him on Instagram. Nice. Um, yep, yep. Um, and he thanks John Walsh a lot. Um, and he even wrote a song for him. Aww. Also on the podcast or the Breakfast Club. Um, I think they played at the end. Okay. I think they played Snips of Light at the end. Um, I got a lot of my information from Wikipedia, Q Point, YouTube, Breakfast Club. Um, so again, it wasn't a deep, dark, true crime, but to me, it was just—I don't know—it came across my lap as I was looking for a story, and it, you know, it piqued my interest, and I read it, and I'm just like, huh, you know, and I went with it, and I'm glad I did, because I mean, you hear so many celebrities. But you don't know what they go through, good or bad. And at the end of the day, they are human. How they got there, maybe it was not the best way, but he got there. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, with the money and the fame, he turned it into good. It sounds like he's doing a lot of good things. It sounds like he did do a lot of good things. It sounds like he turned it all around. Um, I don't know. Okay, so I've tried to find... Um, any kind of information about his stepfather, if he's in prison, still in prison, how much time he's got, and I literally cannot find anything. Um, even going on Wikipedia, he is not named as his father or a stepfather on there. I do know in the interview he said that he buried him, not literally, but just like... Um, you are no longer in my life, gone, done. Like, I do not think of you. I do not, you know, that door is closed, locked, throw away the key. Yeah. So that could be part of why I can't find any information on that. Um, I do know that um, he did send to prison, though, Marlo James, 31, Ricky Parson, 30, Marquise Gross, 24, and Van Quan, not 20. Um, they got a lengthy prison sentence for their roles in an attack that left Busy Bone um, very bloodied. He The attack took place on January 9th. Um, it looks like in 2009. And they beat him, they robbed him, they took his jewelry. Um, Jones, who worked for an anti-gain organization, ironic. Yeah, what? Um, at the time, he was coerced into doing this, and soon after attack, he admitted that he carried out the robbery and assault to benefit a street gain. He pleaded no contest to a single count of burglary and sentenced to 12 years behind bars. Parson was sentenced 19 years in prison. Mm-hmm. Now was sentenced 11 years, and Goss was received a six-year sentence. So he sent them to prison. Good. Don't <laughs> take my shit, man. Don't beat me up and rob me. Um, my gosh. I could go on and on, um, being that there was quite a few of them in the group, and they've all done stupid shit. <laughs> I could go on about prison sentence and time in jails and all this stuff, mm-hmm. but that's a different podcast. Um, I do like how he joked about how, I think he said, oh, which one did he say? <laughs> he said, he was telling a story and he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, oh, that was when... Uh, Lazy shot crazy. And they're like, wait, what? Oh, he's like, yeah, we'll get back to that. <laughs> but they were on their way to do a robbery. And Lazy accidentally shot crazy in the leg. And it was an accident. But he did get prison time for it. Because he had to go to the hospital. 
Um, but they're best boys now, like, ride or die. No hard feelings. No hard feelings. They can talk <laughs> about it now. Now it's just, you know, at Thanksgiving dinner, you know, they're like, hey, remember when you shot me in the leg? I get the last dinner roll. Right, you know, yeah, like, exactly. Um, he owes him for life. So um, I like how they're back together and they're, they're boys, they're families, they're loyal. So, yep, that's... Uh, some of the story busy bone i know there's a lot more out there but that's not what i was right it wasn't the focus the focus was just this terrible childhood and hopefully he's having a better adulthood being a a daddy and a pappy mm-hmm. i think it's cute that he has you know he has a close relationship with all of his kids and his grandkids too because probably because he didn't have a good family life at all growing up so he probably like tries even harder to like make his family's life better you know yeah and he said his mom never gave up she never gave up hope um back then you know there was some hard times you know just you know ethnic trials that they had to mm-hmm. go through she was an italian woman you know um or italian black or italian i don't know i think it was just maybe italian maybe his dad was but i don't know but um he talks about that and just said that, you know, she she never gave up. She went hard until she found him. So I'm glad they got, you know, they got reunited. and Oh, yeah. They're thick as thieves, you know. Because mm-hmm. it's like if she didn't try so hard, he might, he obviously, he wouldn't have become busy bone. And he might have never been found and just grew up in that horrible environment for the rest of his life who knows if he'd even you know be alive or what his life would be yeah for life Mm -hmm. it'd be a definitely a different uh ending for him i'm sure so yeah kudos to his mom for never giving up hope for him and his sisters speaking of endings oh yeah we want to um give our you know respects and Rest in peace to Aaron Carter, who just passed away um, on Saturday. Um, He was only 34 years old. I know he had struggled with drug abuse for quite a few years. Was it an OD? Have they said yet? Um, I don't think that they officially said, but he he drowned in the bathtub. Okay. So in my... I guess my assumption would be that he might have gotten high off of whatever. Passed out and sunk. Passed out and, yep, exactly. Okay. So, um, yeah. And condolences, you know, to his family. Uh, it definitely can't be an easy time. And I'm sure it hasn't been easy throughout the past however many years of his struggle. So then for it to end this way is just sad. Yeah, I, uh... I feel bad for the surviving family. Um, so hopefully they they find peace and solace and prayer and all the the calming. Mm-hmm. You know, addiction's no joke. Yeah. And it's it's sad when it gets the better of somebody. Yeah, because so there's always hope and resources, and it's just sad when it doesn't you know turn out that way. Yeah. Speaking of passed away, I'm sorry, I know we're going to log off here, but it just also reminded me, because Easy e I don't think I said it even though I um, researched it, Easy e was the one that got Bone Thugs and Harmony created, he found them. Okay. Um, there is a, a small little story where he talks about how they took this bus ride all the way to Tone Loke's house and then knocked on the door, and Tone was like, dude, he's like, you guys are amazing, but like... I can't help you, like, I, I can't like, do what do you anymore. want me to do? <laughs> so, um, somehow they ended up getting in touch with Easy, but they had to go all the way back home. Okay. From L.A. back to Cleveland, so they, you know, whatever, and Easy was like, okay, you know, and kind of changed their, changed their name and changed, you know, got all their ducks in a row and put them out there. and Launched them into the world. Yeah, and when Biz was talking, he was saying about, like, um, the Mount Rushmore of rappers, <laughs> and he said it's Pac, Biggie, and E. But then the fourth one kind of like it fluctuates in between different other rappers. It makes Not sense. quite sure who the fourth was. Yeah. But I just wanted to also say that I love that it's like Pac, Easy, and E up there as the the three 
faces of rap music yes. in his eyes. So. The Mount Rushmore rap. So I just thought that was kind of... But again, it just reminded me because Easy was another one, like, um, due to drugs, um, it, uh, you know, obviously he died of AIDS and um, they're not exactly sure if 100% it was from the drugs needles that killed him or he went to get some acupuncture or something done. Okay. And they were thinking because oh, um, wow. it was it could have been something mm. given to him that way, you know. Yeah. That's scary. Know. Wow. Um so yeah, that was kinda interesting also to talk about that. Like yeah. you know you gotta mm. be careful what you do in life, you know. Yeah, if it was acupuncture, like who who would have thought? Yeah. Wow. So but if you stuck by us and you're still here, thanks. Thanks for listening. Yes. Don't forget, let us know what you feel about your fire starters. Yes, give us your opinions. Remake, original. Are you going to yell at me for leaning towards the remake? <laughs> um, and as always, if you have any stories, ideas, um, any kind of thoughts, um, I would say probably the easiest way that people have been getting a hold of us is through Instagram Messenger. Mm-hmm. I feel that's where they've all been kind of yeah. coming through. You can email us at horrorwineandcrime at gmail.com. Instagram, Facebook, we read them all, but it seems like Instagram is where I've been getting them lately. And I forgot to say in the beginning, um, Kay did say that we were drinking sweet revenge wine, but I did forget to tell you, and say thank you to Lorenzo Lentini, Lynn Duncan, and Charlotte Lentini for the donation of the bottle. We appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you, guys. It's delicious. And we are going to continue this bottle while we go and do the Hocus Pocus Dose. Yes. So stay tuned for our uh, review of that next week. Absolutely. And Crystal's going to take us for another crazy ride next week. So I'm going to buckle up and let her do the driving. Get ready, guys. We got another 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 story coming at you next week. So Can't wait. Um, yeah. Until then, we got to go. Stay creepy. Bye bye. Bye.